G'day, I'm Scott Sanders and welcome to the Reach Australia podcast. If you're tuning in and wanting to learn all about building a training hospital, that's great. But this is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one of building a training hospital, I'd encourage you to listen to that first. In part two, we hear from both Eugene and Elliot Koo, who work at Grace Point Church in Sydney's West. This is a great podcast, helping you to think about what they did in terms of building a training hospital that raised up a whole bunch of leaders who went on to full-time gospel ministry. Okay, I've got Elliot uh, on board. Elliot, great to uh, have you on this Learning Lab. Thanks for having me, Scott. Now, what would be really helpful just to hear is, how did you get into Christian ministry? Um, how is it that you sort of got raised up and you know, pushed out into uh, into this space? Hmm. My, my story is a bit similar to Yuja's. Um, so I grew up in a pastor's home, which meant that my default was to not go into ministry. Uh, but that changed as I came to a deeper understanding and appreciation of the gospel. Uh, and as I started serving more, I just had a lot of people believe in me. And mm. I think that's a, that's a big theme that's coming out um, in our learning lab today. So for example, um, one of my pastors um, foolishly asked me to, to preach when I was 18, uh, sat down with me, read through the passage, printed all the commentaries and said, go for it. And the first few were a train wreck. I, I, I was faithful to the passage, but I don't think I really communicated that well. Mm-hmm. But over time, just people got involved, um, serving in that kind of capacity as a youth leader, young adults leader, and then did an apprenticeship at uh, Kingsgrove, Southwest Evangelical Church with Peter Coe, mm-hmm. uh, and then went to college. So all along the way, just uh, people walking with me and guiding me and affirming me. Uh, and that just uh, solidifying this internal conviction that I had through encouragement of others. Mm, that's, that's helpful to hear. It wasn't just a, a one-off moment. It was a, a constant, deep investment in you. Yeah, that's right. That's Great. Right. Well, I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Um, <clears throat> if you guys don't mind, I, I want to spend just about a minute uh, raising uh, and sort of answering a bit of the questions that were raised. Uh, my task today, right now, is to speak about how uh, Grace Point goes about in raising uh, vocational gospel workers. And I think one of the foundational principles that were uh, was helpfully outlined is that we need to do it more broadly. And so one of my roles is to equip uh, not just vocational gospel workers, but also lay. Uh, and so with Matthew's question, uh, how do we go about working with people who have uh, who are hampered by their personality, you just answer of time is really, really good. And so when we think about leadership development, uh, we think in five to 10 years, right? And so someone, uh, he or she may not have it all together in more ways than one, but we see potential, we see godliness, we see a love for Jesus. And so we sort of put them on a track that we've built. And uh, once they're in what we call a quote unquote system, I don't like that term because it seems a bit impersonal, but for the sake of this exercise, let's call it that, a system, which means that every year we're slowly monitoring how they're going, encouraging them, speaking to the teams that they're working with, uh, speaking to their specific congregational pastors and asking how they're going. So I think thinking in terms of five, 10 years is helpful uh, because no fruit grows overnight. It takes time. Uh, And so I wonder if that's, I mean, most of you are thinking about this already. Um, so that's kind of my two cents. On the issue of formal structures, so my role is not just to think about uh, full-time gospel workers, but we have this thing at Grace Point called the Center for Faith and Ministry, uh, and we have five training programs that helps people uh, in different areas of lay ministry. So we have a four-year community group leaders training pathway that we run every single year in different phases. We have a lay preachers academy uh, that we um, have to train up a lot of our young preachers who preach across our five congregations. 
Uh, we have Faith Foundations, which is like an adult Sunday school to raise the biblical theological literacy and, the, and, and others. But we recognize that community groups, they play small groups, play a small role uh, in equipping people for ministry. Uh, some of these other formal programs will be really helpful as well. So <clears throat> happy for you to ask more questions, but I'm going to pivot right now to thinking about full-time ministry and how we are trying our very best under God to do just that. I might get the slides up right now. Um, and I want to introduce you to what we sort of developed uh, more recently called the Gospel Lab or Gospel Laborers Ecosystem. Uh, as a preface, uh, Grace Point, even before I came, was already very committed to the raising of full-time gospel workers. Uh, but we, we started as a church plant, so a lot of the things that we did earlier on was kind of on the go, uh, which is natural in ministry. And so what I thought was, is there a way that we can be a bit more intentional and sort of create a pipeline to encourage people along the way? Because I want to be thinking about uh, gospel workers who will join or who will start training, not just next year, but five years or 10 years down the track. So we sort of developed this thing called the Gospel Lab Ecosystem. Uh, I'm not really good at graphic design, but that's meant to be like a, a circular type thing. There are Gospel Lab Associates, Gospel Lab Apprenticeship, Gospel Lab Alumni, and the alumni sort of feedback into the associates, right? Visualize that with me for just a moment. As I explain it, hopefully it will start making more sense. Let's flip to the next slide. Uh, the first step in our ecosystem is what we call the Gospel Lab Associates. The who is for men and women who are interested, open, and passionate about serving the Lord at a full-time capacity, right? Uh, this expresses itself in the gathering of four to six times a year uh, to chat, to pray, and to learn from others who have gone before them. Why? Well, there are three main reasons. Firstly, to inspire. I recognize that one of the challenges for people thinking about going to full-time gospel ministry is that they either don't know what it looks like, or they have a very limited view of what it looks like, right? Uh, so maybe they you know, who's helpfully raised, we think, all right, if we go to university, then a gospel worker looks like an AFES worker. Or you grew up in a, in a church, a small country town church, and you think a pastor just looks like that, right? And in their minds, they think, I could never do something like that. The purpose of the Gospel Labs Associate Program is to bring different speakers along, and I'll introduce some of them to you in just a moment, and just put before them uh, different people involved in full-time gospel ministry and have them talk about what it's like to serve God in their capacity and to get our people to think, oh, wow, this is more than what I thought it would be, right? And hopefully that would inspire and start having uh, some really important conversations, right? Next is to identify. Now, the Gospel Labs Associate Program is a by-invitation thing only. We want to make sure we're getting the right people into the room. But our whole church knows that we run this. And so when someone comes up to me and goes, hey, Elliot, I've been hearing about this thing. Can you tell me more about it? Or would I be able to come along? That in itself is a kind of a self-filtering process. Someone who's motivated enough to talk to me or to talk to the community group leaders about it. I think that's actually really powerful, the intentionality and their willingness to step out. And so a gathering of this is people who've thought about it, who are prayerfully considering it and coming together to think about it. And the third reason is to invite, right? To have a conversation. So I see a room. Usually we have anywhere between 10 to 20 people, depending on the season and depending on the speaker. Um, and I, I look at these 10, 20 who are not currently trained for full-time gospel ministry. And I think these are the people that we need to pay lots of close attention to in terms of lay leadership development. But these are the people that we need to start uh, continuing to encourage along um, our ecosystem, our pipeline. 
Let me uh, scroll down to the next one and give you a quick sample of some of the speakers who've come along. And you'll see that they come from different contexts, um, some local, some overseas. They speak on a variety of topics, usually topics that they're particularly passionate about. Um, because when they speak, I want their passion and their energy and their enthusiasm to just ooze out of them. Because I think there's something infectious about that. Uh, I won't go into details, but many of these people you will know serving in uh, church, parachurch, mission organization, men, women, young, old. Again, it's just to break a lot of their preconceptions of what full-time gospel ministry is and help them be more creative. And I think that's critical as we move into the future. Uh, creative forms of ministry are going to be critical. Uh, and so this is just trying to help them break outside of what they would think as a mold for what gospel ministry looks like. That's the first step. Let me scroll on to the next page, the second step of our ecosystem. And this is when we start formalizing things, right? So there are the associates and those who, are, who come along and are faithfully serving in church and are coming along and being encouraged and inspired. We encourage them to apply uh, for an apprenticeship. Um, and I personally think that apprenticeships are incredibly powerful uh, as a way to stretch people uh, and to help them to think harder about, hey, is this what God's called them to? It's a affirmation process, right? So many of you are familiar with apprenticeships, right? Men and women who want to be assessed to be suitable in terms of thinking about full-time gospel ministry. The apprenticeship is a two-year program that gives them hands to give, who gives them hands-on experience in gospel ministry. And the purpose is threefold to discern, is this for me? As I do this in a full-time capacity, um, is this what God's called me to? Uh, to discover what are my strengths and weaknesses. One of the key aspects of our apprenticeship is thinking about feedback. So self-awareness is something that I would love to continue to instill in our apprentices. You know, what did I do well? Uh, what were my weaknesses? Uh, what is one thing that I can improve on the next time I do it? And to get them to think about them on their own before I have a conversation with them. Because the reality is most of these men and women will go on to serve in contexts where there are no teams, right? We, we would love to see more team ministry, and that's all the jazz right now. But the truth is, um, it, it's hard to, to get teams. And I think have growing self-aware gospel workers is going to be so critical for the health of our church and our city. And obviously, the last reason is to decide what's next. Uh, we try to have frequent reviews. Uh, and six months before our apprentices finish, uh, we, we sit down. We do a 360 survey uh, that's administered by the Presbyterian head office uh, at, with, that's uh, filled out by the people they serve with and the mentors and the people that they serve. And the pastors sit down and work out, all right, is college next step for you? Uh, doesn't mean you should go back to work. You know, these are conversations that we need to have and apprenticeship is a wonderful uh, platform to have that. Let me uh, scroll down to the next one. Uh, here are some of the people who are currently serving. So you will see uh, from John Lee and above 2020 to 2021 above. Um, this is when we started the formal program. But again, uh, Grace Point has been committed to training gospel workers all the way back into its history. And many of you, if you read the screen, will know some of their names. There's, some of them are serving in our church some are overseas missions, some are in different churches. And I think it brings us so much joy and delight to see these men and women scattered across our city and in fact our world serving Jesus and bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's the second part of the ecosystem. Let me quickly wrap up with the third part. And we're talking about the Gospel Lab alumni. Let me explain what this is. The who is apprentices who have graduated and are now either pursuing further training in theological college or those who are currently active in ministry. These are our alumni. What's the purpose? What do they do? Well, they feed back into the ecosystem 
by encouraging, identifying, and training their own 10 gospel workers. This gospel lab vision of training 10 gospel workers in the next 10 years is not just something that we at Grace Point have. We want every apprentice who was trained to go on and raise their own 10 uh, to have a multiplying effect. I mean, that's our wish and our prayer, isn't it? To see more people raise, and we want to sort of instill this DNA into them so that wherever they go, uh, they will bring this along with them. But even before they raise their own, maybe they're in college or whatever it is, they're feeding into it by coming along to Gospel Lab Associates events to speak. Uh, those who are think about ministry can go up to these college students and say, hey, I'm thinking about this. Can you tell me more about your journey? That's something powerful about storytelling, isn't it? So as part of the alumni network, they are a, a resource for future gospel workers in our church to speak to and be encouraged by. Why? Well, to mature, right? We want to make sure that people who graduate from our system are not just left out in the cold. Um, the reality is... Um, when we think about clergy burnout and all kind of stuff, we recognize that a support network is so critical. And so this Gospel Lab alumni exists to sort of facilitate that a little bit, uh, but also to encourage them and to think how do I ministry. It's also to minister, to help grow and mentor the next generation. Uh, and as I mentioned before, it's also to multiply. Our prayer is for exponential growth. I think we cannot have enough full-time gospel workers and leaders uh, because the need is so great, right? We often think Sydney or Melbourne or Australia even is so blessed to have really good, reformed, gospel-proclaiming churches. But the need is still so much greater than we could possibly meet. And so my prayer is we're going to raise more uh, and see more raised uh, for the glory of God. Well, no doubt you found this podcast helpful. My prayer is that you've got one or two things that you can implement with your team in the next two to three months. Uh, from this podcast. Now, if you're wanting to grow and develop as a leader, then the Reach Australia Development Program is just for you. We want to see spiritually vibrant, evangelistically urgent, practically skilled, theologically driven leaders all across Australia. And one of the key things that we're doing as a network is developing leaders through the two-year Reach Australia Development Program. If you want to find out more about that, head to reachaustralia.com.au and find out more about the Reach Australia Development Program.